It seems to be very heavy in Greg Wallace. Cliff works in props and he could do better. Hello and welcome to Crimes Against Comedy, the podcast where we discuss the excellent adequacy of recent comedy as well as sync our teams to its just as passable past. We actually think it's all brilliant and I just thought the intro sounded catchy. Kiki looks shocked. I'm joined by her today. Let's begin. Hello. Hi. Yeah, we've got much to do. Yeah. Oh, very weird now because we want to get this done, but I'm going to be funny twice in this, um, which is twice more than usual. So brace yourselves. Um, hi. Shall we start? Yeah. May I begin discussing Mock the Week? And did you watch this? I didn't. <laughs> Never ask me if I've seen Mock the Week because I haven't. The answer is always no. So we've got, so this was actually the last Mock the Week of the series. We've only got one to talk about this week. So I shall start by saying that I did enjoy it. Uh, so the lineup was Angela Barnes, Ahir Shah, Macy Adam, Ed Gamble, and Glenn Moore. Um, the first thing I've written down is they carried on with the Yorkshire because they were all doing York. Whoa, the wall just shook. They carried on with the Yorkshire, so they were making it. No, they were. Yes, they were do- there was a lot of Yorkshire accents in the previous episode and they continued it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> if you'd like an accurate representation of my reactions to this episode, just look at Macy's because they're the exact same. Some of the faces that she makes at some of the jokes. Excellent. Do you know, I've not written down as much as I thought about this, <laughs> but um, I shall continue nevertheless. Yes, Macy and Ed are quite a good duo, so I, I enjoy having them on the show together now. Oh, there was one of my favourite jokes was Glenn Moore, who I've seen a couple of times, but never really sort of paid attention to the jokes. How can I explain it? So the, I'm trying to think what it's called, if this is the answer, what is the question, was like 40 billion or something. And then, and then oh, it must have been about 10 minutes later, Glenn said, out of the blue, is it how many seconds later am I for this joke? And I just thought it was very good. I've not heard it sound very good. I shouldn't do comedy. <laughs> It'd be bad if I had a comedy podcast. Oh, that'd be dreadful. Yeah. Um, they did another Greg Wallace joke. I don't know why, but it seems to be very heavy in Greg Wallace. Are they obsessed with um, Greg Wallace? Yeah. Are they being endorsed by Greg Wallace? Oh, I sent you this completely out of context. The... Um, you do that quite a lot, if I'm honest. Yeah, so it could be one of many things. The, the video of Hugh doing dinosaur noises. So Angela made a joke about dinosaurs and then pointed to Hugh. And then Hugh sort of walked across the screen and like made it like a squeal into the microphone. And then Ed came on and went, um, oh, I'd love it if you cut Angela's joke out and just left that in. Of you going, that is quite funny, Ed. Actually, I'll give that to you. That, that's, that's quite funny. Bit of Ed approval for once. Bit of Ed approval from me. The only other thing I've written is that it's back in May and it was very good and I enjoyed it. Although, there was nothing in particular where I was like, well, there was. There was good jokes and it was a very good episode, but there wasn't any like, there were no running jokes formed or anything like that. It was just good and enjoyable. Have you been watching Mel? No, it's too rude for me. There's been like three on, but so yeah, because loads of things like QI and Mock the Week and loads of things, the series have finished, but um, like a couple of new things have started as well. So we've had like new hypothetical and new Mel Gedroich. So Mel Gedroich is hosting a new show on Dave um, called Unforgivable, and it's basically just about terrible things that comedians and celebrities have done. 
I um, I saw a bit about Graham Norton stood up Mel to go to lunch with her and then went to the same restaurant with someone else and she was sat there and then he came with another one of his friends. I think I'd forgotten about that. So, like, because it's a new show, I want to sort of give my first impression on it and whatnot. So I only paid, like, sort of full attention to the first one. But, yeah, it's quite a sort of, I don't know, it's not a very... Is it? I've forgotten it's a, it's quite an undave show. Yeah, I know what you mean. And also, I said I saw a lot of people saying like it's more of a chat show than a panel show, and I do agree. Mainly because well, there's not comedians on it. It's not really a sort of game like you have with. I thought when I was watching this new Mel thing, I thought it feel that it does feel a bit like. Well, actually, after I was watching it, I thought it feels a bit like Graham Norton. But it could just be because Graham Norton was on it. It's hard to tell. It really is. Lou and Mel are both very excellent, and I love them both, of course. And the only other thing I've written down is that the set is very nice to look at. Uh, what else has been on? Cats Down with Richard. I didn't watch, but you caught a little bit of it. I caught a little bit of it, and Sarah Pascoe started being rude, but I turned it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all I've really got to say on that, but... She looked nice, she had a nice dress on And Richard's hurt his hand, but I don't know how he did it Oh yeah, I think I saw that I don't know what's going on there Also, my dad, I think he was near the studios While they were filming that That's so awful And I was also meant to be near the studios But, um, I mean, I was talking about my ovaries on this Yeah, you can talk about your ovaries Yeah, very poetic sounding problem with my ovaries and i must also point out while well, she was in a ovary problem room i am um, <laughs> lee mack was on graham norton i was sending her videos of me going hey up lucy lucy love hey up hey up well she was and then she was laughing it looked like you were laughing at some poor child oh yeah it, it did it looked like i was laughing at a, tri- a crying child when i was in the hospital i had to have a scan as well um so you know other people have seen my ovaries more times than i have <laughs> that's dreadful. I know. Oh, that. Oh, a, a stranger called Lauren. <laughs> anyway, that is all on Cats Down. I think that episode of Cats Down. Anyway, um, the last leg was on as well, and Sandy Toxfig was on it, but I don't really remember watching it. If I did at all, I don't think I did watch it. Hypothetical. I didn't watch that either. <laughs> Am I gonna have to talk again? Yeah, I didn't watch it. The only episodes I'm going to watch are Rich Doyardi's episodes and Victoria Cora Mitchell's one. I just can't wait. Yes, she's on with Macy Adam. The first episode in the series of Hypothetical was Sophie Duker, Desiree Birch, Tom Allen, and Susie Ruffle. First of all, excellent lineup. I um Sophie Duker is amazing. Tom and Susie are a very good team, and also they told um so everyone on the show not to mention coronavirus. Oh, did they? So, yeah, there's some outtakes where they're, like, telling everyone they're not going to mention corona. I thought it'd be a bit weird with them all sitting a distance apart, yet they're not mentioning why they're all so far apart. But actually, so I sort of... And I didn't really mind it either way. But then I watched it and I thought it was actually sort of better without that. They did bring it up without bringing it up. So, do, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, James... <laughs> James said, like, oh, they've told me I'm not allowed to lean on the guests anymore. Oh, yeah, there was. It's really hard to explain this, but Sophie did a very good joke about... Um, so, basically, they had to, like, steal an animal from, the, from a zoo or something. That was a hypothetical situation. Well, you can do that on um, 16th of April and start stealing animals from the zoos again. Very true. We are recording this on the day of news of 
Boris. The return of nightclubs and the like, none of which affect us. Neither of us are legally. Maybe we can finally cause some real-life chaos together. Maybe, everyone. Never know. You never know. In the summer, you might get an episode of this podcast recorded where we're actually sitting next to each other. That would be yeah, a bonus. <laughs> I don't know how many people who listen to this know that we've never met. If I'm honest, I think we have an average listener of one. So... Yeah. Actually, I just realised I've got, got the wrong notes. It is right. It's, they're just not um, the the extended version, not the deluxe version. They're the light. The ones you've got are the light version. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, um, and one of the hypothetical situations they were contended with was to, like, steal an animal from the zoo or something. And Sophie chose an elephant, so she had to sort of push this elephant... And um, James was playing self security guard, and she said, "Oh, whatever is in whatever's in the room, we don't talk about it," which is very clever. Like, because I don't know whether she'd set the whole thing up just to use that joke, but either way, it's very clever. <gasps> Cliff song. Cliff's got a song. I don't know how much of hypothetical you've seen. Who's Cliff? Cliff works in props, and he could do better, according to the song. <laughs> For the first two series, when they had to bring props on, like James would like scream Cliff and um, sort of hurl abuse at him. Cliff! Now, exactly. And now for the third series, they've got uh, a song for Cliff. Uh, you know, that's one of the changes they've made in this series. Making it COVID safe. They can't shout for Cliff anymore. Oh, yeah. It would have been better if they would have done Mother in Heights, but it's just Cliff. You can't, that's the problem with the pandemic, you can't lean on guests and you can't shout for Cliff. Yeah, exactly. When When's Boris letting us do that again? Oh yeah, yeah, he hasn't specified in the announcement, has he? He hasn't specified when we can shout for Cliff again. <laughs> Kate Bush's career would be scuppered if he did it yeah. now. I've just made that joke. Have you? <laughs> I did, You. I said um, it would have been better if they would have done a version of Wolverine Heights. Oh yeah, Sophie was sort of she. I was gonna say she didn't know what she was doing, but no, she did, and she was very good, and her thing was very clever. But she was sort of taking the mick out of herself a little bit, which is very good. Also, there was an elephant noise, like really, they just played it randomly, and James went, "Oh, it's all right, blow your nose if you want." That was also a very good joke. Um, what else have I written? I've written that it's Sophie and Desiree had the same eyeshadow. Look lovely. And Desiree stood up and applauded Sofa. Excellent. Biggins was on this. Christopher Biggins was on it. What was it? What did he represent? Like, I've written Biggins in massive letters here. Why did they talk about Christopher Biggins? Christopher Biggins means a lot to us because <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. because we are avid fans of the BBC Two Monday nights at eight pm quiz show. Unless Nigella's on, then it gets pushed back to seven thirty. Yeah. Uh, quiz show only connect. Not because we're particularly good at quizzing, but because the delightful Victoria Crown Mitchell hosts it and she hasn't been on any panel shows recently, so we've needed our fix of her. But yeah, she just was obsessed with Christopher Biggins. And so now every time anyone... Yeah, and then she went on a sort of tweeting spree. Yeah, tweeting spree about Christopher Biggins. There's a lot of Biggins. Now, every time anyone talks about Christopher Biggins, we think it's hilarious. Exactly. So Biggins was on it. Because they have like a wall of celebrities where there's like a couple of famous people and they ask them questions beforehand and the panellists have to sort of guess what they've said. So he was on that. And I think he's on it every week now doing that. So oh, that's so brilliant. 
And yeah, I just thought it was a lovely start to the series. And I've also put that Cliff has very similar energy to um, Fabio on Cat's Down. And that is all. Cliff. Cliff. Oh, we've got... Did you watch Lucy on Cat's Down? Lucy Beaumont on 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown? If we're... I did not. not. Oh, this is terrible. I haven't watched any of the Britcom except from Would I Lie to You. That's dreadful. That is dreadful. To be fair, I have binged a lot of old comedy this week, so I shall talk about that. Yeah. Um, so, yes, this lineup. Have I spoke about this in the right order? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, this lineup was Lucy Bowman and John Richardson were on the same team, although they sat very, they were sat two minutes apart still. And so they're married, but they still sat two minutes apart. And then Joe Wilkinson and Roshan Conatet, what a lineup, first of all. And then Beck Hill was in Dictionary Corner. And I think they're excellent. I think I've seen her on possibly like the Royal Variety performance or like live at the Palladium or something they've been on, but I can't remember properly. I know her work from somewhere. So basically Beck does like misheard lyrics, sort of like Peter Kate did. They have like a sort of massive, I don't know why I'm doing hand gestures, like a massive notepad. And um, she sort of I don't know there's all sort of mechanisms made out of paper so they play the music and then Beck does like all these little things and with the misheard lyrics on and little pictures very good doesn't make any sense but very good I forgot as well you probably know this that Roisin set up John and Lucy (gasps) no you didn't know that no what are you actually having a laugh honestly I didn't know you didn't know that Roisin Conaty set up John and Lucy. Yes. That has blown my mind. That's ridiculous. How? Because, and this is the story, they tell this story and everything, but, and they told it on this episode of Cats Down, that Roisin said to John, like, oh, I've met the woman you're going to marry. Just like as a Mickey taking, he put Lucy's number in his phone as, like, my future wife or something, thinking that nothing was going to come of it. And then he said like ring ring me so I've got your number and my future wife flashed up on the thing like on the first date and then she sort of run a mile but obviously they're married now so it worked out fine I knew that bit but I didn't know Roisin set them up that is so brilliant yeah so excellent they spoke about the box of dogs in the garage again they are me when I was five. Oh yeah you used to sell what did you used to do? sell imaginary cats from the garage I used to sell imaginary cats for a living. I was a con artist and I used to sell imaginary cats in the form of air. And I was probably about about five. And I um, used to get clumps of air and give them to people. That was a thing on QI once. Have you seen that? Where they were sort of talking about people who sell air. No, but that'd be a bit of me, that. That's a very niche marketing area. The air industry. (laughs) Getting... How would I get into the air industry? Stick a bit of air on eBay, mate. Yes. Joe said, I put. I think it was Joe who said cutlery in the garden, but I can't remember why I put that. Probably because that's the thing, sort of like, what would happen to me. So this was a very good lineup, I think, actually, because uh, mainly because they're sort of all friends. And I know normally all the comedians on a panel probably know each other a little bit, but there was laughter. One cat's down. Yeah, and like applause, and it, I don't know, it sounded really loud for it to have just been the crew. Was it canned? Possibly, yeah. 
I doubt it though. I'm not sure where that was coming from, whether they did like they did with Taskmaster. I don't know. Oh yeah, there was a lot of chat before the mascots, which I quite liked. I've written Joe, can't remember why. Oh yeah, and also, oh yeah, because Joe's mascots were funny, that's why. And um, actually, I read a thing recently, someone who's in the audience of this, which I found very interesting anyway. But actually, I think, I'm pretty sure Rachel and Joe are quite good friends and they normally sort of hug when Joe comes on. No leaning on the guests. Another group of people I'm told not to lean on the guests. Do you know, I've written, I don't know whether it was because they were all friends or because of social distancing, but it very much felt. I thought you said if they were French. They're all French. Didn't know who's French. Well, this connects to France. It feels like, do you know, it snows at school and like people get sent home. Some people get go home before others. They just have to sit and watch a film. And they get let out, like, one at a time. That's what it felt like. Oh, like, when people go on a school trip, but you're one of the only ones who hasn't gone. Did you feel a bit left out from... Did you feel a bit left out from their friendship? From their friendship? No, I mean, it felt like that's what they... Oh, it felt like they were the ones that got left alone. I didn't feel like I was left alone on a school trip. I didn't feel like everyone else had gone to Paris without me. You felt like um, they'd been the ones that had been left behind. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and um, I thought that Joe hasn't changed much since two episodes of MASH, but my opinion on that changed in the next episode. Two, uh, we must explain what two episodes of MASH is. Well, basically, it was a sketch group, and he was half of it, and Diane Morgan was half of it. They're very good, actually, so check them out. Yeah, they are. From what I've seen, I haven't seen much of them, but they're very funny. And they're the archi- archivologists. Oh, That's yes. Good. With the baby in the fire, that's good. Oh yeah, John did a whole accent and Lucy's face was excellent. Lucy Bermont. Lucy Bermont. Lucy Bermont. <laughs> Not more northern accents. <laughs> that's just a weekly segment at this point, me just... Doing northern accents. Oh, I've got some stuff on the next page just there as well. Um, yeah, there weren't as many sketches. I don't think, but maybe I just haven't noticed before. Also, <laughs> just a little countdown exclusive... Um, they've been filming Countdown this week with John Thompson in Dictionary Corner. So I just thought I'd give everyone a little, you know, uh, if you're a Countdown viewer, do get in touch. Um, but keep your tweets to line letters and don't put them in the right order. How long have you had that written down for? Yeah, I've been waiting to say that for too long. Oh, would I lie to you? The one with Sarah Pascoe, Mr Motivator, Dan Walker, who I've met, and Nicola Coughlin? Nicola from Dairy Girls. Yes. Boris is nine minutes late. Boris is nine minutes late. You're having a laugh. He's here now, that's what I'm saying. Everything anyone could ever want from a podcast. Boris Johnson updates and countdown news. Anyway, would I lie to you? I mean, in the 21st, is it back to normal as in, like, I can come and lick you? Like, is that allowed? <laughs> yeah, you can go to... You can go to... Um, oh, no! Oh, Kiki has just disappeared. Guys, are they back? been kicked off shall i fill time boris johnson is on my television with two union jacks behind him don't know why there's two it kicked me out what did i miss this is ter- this is like a jackie weaver situation mate oh it is like a jackie weaver situation already that's not no longer a topical joke yeah no it's not even a joke anymore um to you i thought it was brilliant sarah pascoe had a nice dress on yet again but when does she not oh yeah it was very nice actually 
Mr. Motivator was funny. David Mitchell and Sarah interacting with each other is brilliant because Sarah gets really easily flustered and David gets really easily angry. And it's a really nice crossover because him interrogating her, she gets flustered, he persists. Oh, yeah. And I think it's brilliant. They spoke about cats in it, so already they've won me over. She used the family allowance to buy a cat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, was it true? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, as well, I was, I've been saying that there's been something different about this series and I couldn't quite place it, but now I think I sort of know what it is. I think it's that they're a lot more chatty and a lot more like they talk about themselves. Like, like Because with the wives, this is th- th- another thing that I've been waiting two weeks to say, so please laugh. Um, <laughs> like With their wives, Lee and David's wives, I thought it was very much a situation where they weren't allowed to mention their names, you know, very much like Angus Deaton. And um don't get it. Terrible. Don't get it. Oh mention their names. Oh comedy. Oh that was very delayed. Did you Google it? Did you Google how to pretend to find jokes funner? I got it. <laughs> how to pretend to find jokes funny, just shout comedy. Oh comedy comedy in studio audiences when we go back um laughing won't be allowed because as a society we've progressed away from the need for laughter so the new way of showing your appreciation for a joke would just be going oh comedy um have you seen that episode of qi where they um someone tells a joke and they tell the whole audience just to go lol and the whole audience yes i have and the whole audience just this thing goes lol is that one with victoria Crow mitchell that's from a victoria Crow mitchell isn't it i feel like it might have been yeah but it could also just be because victoria often says lol lol yeah she does in her tweets lol. yeah lol 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 hey i carry on with their um, wives i'm yeah i must explain why i'm saying this but because for the past two episodes now lee has mentioned victoria's name is in the name of David's wife, Victoria Crown Mitchell. In the previous series, My he wife. used to say yeah. your wife, but now he just says Victoria. What I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is, if I wasn't a regular viewer or interested in David Mitchell's life, I wouldn't know who. Even if you were a regular viewer, you wouldn't. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I quite like that they're all a bit closer this series. They all act like friends, even if they're not physically further apart. Yes, but in their hearts, they're all close together. In our hearts, they're close together, yes. Yes, exactly. I said that then, and then there was dead silence for at least two seconds on my end. Oh, I love. Oh. Thanks. I expect you to do that all the time from now on. Not laugh and then go, oh, I laughed. I did laugh. Comedy. Oh, comedy. Comedy. Three hours later. <laughs> oh, comedy. I imagine that's what people do and listen to this podcast. Not say, oh, comedy, just stay in silence. <laughs> oh, no, they don't know. Sorry, I was just itching my head. Great, we'll have an itch break. Sarah forgot how many fingers she had. Yeah, what did what happened then? Because I didn't see it and then everyone was re-watching it saying it was really funny. I saw the episode, but I just did her going... She said... I'm talking too much on this podcast, I've just realised. I want to do realise all the time. But, um... I don't know. I can't remember what it was. She's, no, she said something like, do you put your fingers in your ears 
to stop air getting out of them or something. And she said, oh, yeah, I can't use my hands for anything else because I've not got enough... I've only got two fingers or something. <laughs> to be fair, if Lee would have po- wouldn't have pointed it out, I genuinely wouldn't have noticed. It wouldn't be an episode of this podcast without mentioning Neil Webster, but Lee Matt did, so it's fine. Oh, Neil Webster's back. Oh, Neil Webster. Neil Webster mention. The uh, bi-weekly mention. Yeah, um, Lee's story. Um, yeah, so basically... Um, so, fun fact. <laughs> Lee's story he told about he... Um, it wasn't true, but he went on, oh, Kiki's gone, but I shall talk anyway because it has this, it has the same effect, I'm pretty sure. Um, not on the podcast on Kiki, <laughs> whether she's with my conversation or without it. So Lee's story, which wasn't true, was about um, he went on a silent retreat and his um, the sound of his Cocoa Pops caused an argument, which wasn't true, but he was meant to go on a silent retreat, but he didn't because um, he didn't want to share a room with anyone. I think it was something like that. Uh, but his friend did go and they've got a podcast which you can listen to if you so wish Way, kiki is back i acknowledged that you'd gone and carried on talking anyway so i do apologize are you back you've got a face that suggests you're not happy to be back i'm, I'm back i'm happy to be back here i'm not happy to be back at school Oh, yes, true. Have you got um, Chris Whitty on in the background? I've got Chris Whitty on in the background, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind. I've been quite looking forward to it. I have been looking forward to going back to school, but now it's actually happening. I'm just thinking... Yeah, you're like, oh, no. I've only got, like, what have I... I've probably only got, like, ten weeks left in school ever. That's ridiculous. Possibly, because we go back on March the 8th and then there's a holiday on April the 1st and then I leave on June the 23rd so okay let's carry on shall I yes um so would I lie to you there was Dan Walker made such a good joke and no one acknowledged it there was just complete silence and it was what did he say it was a pun he said he said in egg club we have a very specific poaching method and just he was just met with silence even though it was a really good joke because you've not acknowledged it but I, I I really enjoyed that joke and no one I was yeah so I did only notice it on the second time watching but very good very clever anyway <laughs> shall we move on yeah. okay can I talk what are you to talk about but yes I've been watching a lot of comedy not a lot yeah a lot of comedy but when I'm on I watched the series finale of Green Wing, which I have seen in the past, but my dad was watching it, so I thought, oh, well, I'll watch it with him. The other episodes are very rude, so I skipped them all. I only have two episodes I enjoy, which is Series 1, Episode 5, The Party, and Series 2, Episode 9, The Special. It's ep- In case anyone's listening and hasn't seen Green Wing, I won't spoil it. The cast, Tamsin Gregg, my favourite of all time. Michelle Gomez, Olivia Coleman, which is trying to hear her in, not hear her, to see her in non-Oscar winning stuff. Yeah, I said that earlier. It's really—I also forget she was in Peep Show as well. Yeah, she's just and she was in Michelin Web Look and all sorts. Uh, Julian Rind Tut, Stephen Mangan, Oliver Chris. Stephen Mangan's brilliant as well. Stephen Mangan is brilliant. He's very good at hosting. I've got news for you. Mark Heap, Pippa Hayward, and someone who plays Martin, but I can't remember his name in real life. Okay. 
Carl Theobald. That's it. Yeah. So I watched that. It's brilliant. I think it's excellent. I just and then I listened to the commentaries, both of which Tamsin Greg sounded a little bit drunk, but I don't know if she was drunk or just elated to be in the Stephen Mangan. But they were excellent. They were talking. It was just like three mates. It was Tamsin, Stephen, and Julian on one. And then the other one, it was Tamsin, Stephen and Carl. And then it switched to Julian, Pippa and Michelle. The commentary is brilliant. I strongly recommend them. Uh, Hang-ups. Once again, Stephen Mangan, Carl Fibble, again. Catherine Parkinson, Celia Imry, Jessica Hines, uh, David Tennant was in an episode. They were all just really excellent. I just think they were all really brilliant. Um, I did get a little bit bored, but... What is it? Is it a film? It's No, it's a series. It's based on Lisa Kudrow's web therapy series. Stephen Mangan plays a therapist. Oh, is it sort of like an anthology sort of thing, or is uh, it...? Sort of. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen Mangan plays a web therapist. Well, he plays a therapist, and he's doing all his things online. He's married to Catherine Parkinson. His mum is Celia Emery. His sister is Jessica. What more could you want? What a cast. So excellent. I know. I know. Uh, also, Lolly Adifope is is there. Uh, Joe Joyner was in an episode. Uh, what else did I watch? Abfab. Abfab, Abfab. I am two series in. I think it was excellent. I don't like Patsy, played by Joanna Lumley. I'm with Joanna Lumley in real life. I think she's a lovely woman. But uh, Patsy, I don't like. Jennifer Saunders, I already knew, was excellent because Jennifer Saunders, French and Saunders. Again, good host of Have I Got News For You. Yes, uh, but I don't really like Adina. Safi is director, played by Julia Sawala, who is Nadia Sawala's sister, which I couldn't, well, I couldn't believe that they look like, and they're the same. I didn't know that. Julia Sawala, Safi from Abfab is Nadia's sister. Excellent. I think it's brilliant. Helena Bonham Carter was in an episode, which I couldn't believe. Uh, I watched The Kennedys. I watched all of that last night. Oh, did you watch all of it? I watched all of it. I finished it this morning. I what, watched... are they half hours? Yeah. Oh. The Kennedys, I think, is... It's not about, like, the actual Kennedys. It's about Emma Kennedy, comedian, writer, broadcaster, political debater. She's a multi-talented woman. She also dropped some custard on MasterChef once. Emma Kennedy, she wrote a book called A Tent. No, it's, like, it's called, like, The Tent, The Bucket and Me or something like that. I can't remember. But that's based on that, and it's... I, I'm, I was going to say brilliant cast. It sort of is a brilliant cast because it's about Emma Kennedy's life when she was younger in the 70s. So she's like 10 in it. The guy plays young Emma. She has, she was in Towns and Greg's episode of Inside Number Nine. She's also played Sally Breton's niece. Uh, she's really excellent. Let me Google her now. I'll tell you what else she's in. Her name's Lucy Hutchinson. She's been in all sorts. Of, oh, oh, she's just so brilliant. She's time. She's everywhere. Inside Number Nine. Uh, not going out. Doc Martin, who's in Psychoville. She's been in all sorts of excellent stuff. She's very good. Catherine Parkinson played her mother, which is the only reason I watched it, if I'm entirely honest. Catherine Parkinson's in, like, real-life husband. Harry Peacock played not her husband, but Catherine's best mate's husband. And I thought it was really brilliant, and I think everyone should watch it because it was very me. And if you have similar taste to me, you would like it. Uh, what else have I watched? Growing Pains. Growing Pains. I still haven't seen one episode of this, and I must. It's 
I got hooked on it when I watched Rich Doherty, Roisin, and Sally Phillips. Oh, that's a good lineup. I've already spoken about that. So this week's one was Phil Wang, Sarah Cox, and I can't for the life of me remember who else it was. I can't remember. I'm so sorry. I can't remember who it was. It was a little bit rude, which was annoying. But Sarah Cox was excellent. I've met her. I think she's brilliant. Not even a comedian, but she's very funny. All I've been watching recently. Oh, and I did watch an episode of Alan Partridge. I'll let you talk about that. Oh, yes. We have still got a lot to talk about that's been on this. Well, a couple of things to talk about that have been on this week, but I shall chat about Alan Partridge. I have watched the third episode of I'm Alan Partridge. I watched it before, actually. Um, I should really say this segment was meant to be like where I sort of discuss each episode in depth, but I've not really done that. But yeah, briefly, in the first two, they decided that Alan wasn't getting a second series or something. Can't really really remember. Um, And so in the second episode, he had to sack everyone and took Jill, who may may or may not like owls, on a day. In this episode, he got complaints from farmers um, and said who invented Skip. Alice James and John Robbins, their radio show. One of the jingles, that clip, Who Invented the Skip, is in it. But I didn't realise that that was Alan Partridge, and I probably should have done, um, even though I haven't seen it before. Don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there was a bit where people kept calling in with complaints, swearing, and he had to sort of put animal noises over them. That was very good. Um, I just like Sally Phillips. Sally Phillips comes in, laughs a bit, and then leaves. She's so good in it. She just, I love her. I think she's so brilliant in just everything she's in. With Stephen Mangan. Have you seen Stephen Mangan's one? I don't think so. Is that I'm Alan Partridge? I think so. It's one of the only ones I've seen. Which I'm really good. Oh, I don't it's, know. It's it's Amelia Bournemouth, Felicity Montague and Stephen Mangan all in one scene. How brilliant is that? I mustn't have seen that because I, pro- I must have, would have remembered if that would have occurred. And I would have witnessed it. Um... Everyone here, I know it. Did he create it? I'm pretty sure he did. I know Steve, I was going to say Stephen Mangan, Steve Coogan sort of writes it, but actually, he's a very good fit to play Alan Partridge. I know that's a very, that's thing that no one else has probably ever said. Sally Phillips, like you said, brilliant. He was drunk in this episode, Partridge, and it was, yeah, excellent. Uh, he got trapped under a cow at the end, and Chris Morris was in it from IT Crowd. Um, um, and yeah, I think he's brilliant as well. So it was very, yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. Did you watch the last leg with Susie Ruffle and Gus Khan? I did not. I shall talk about. I'll, I'll talk about this very briefly. Um, um, so Susie Ruffle and Gus Khan were on the last leg. I think they're both excellent. Man Like Mobeen was very good, which Gus wrote. I think he wrote and starred in. Very good. Uh, I think I think it's on Netflix and iPlayer. I can't remember what, much of what actually happened on it, but I do know that it was very good. And I do remember them trying different foods. I remember that. And also that I love The Last Leg in general and think it's absolutely brilliant. That's all I have to say on that matter. We've got not going out to talk about. Have we? Yes. The last one in the series. So this was Bobby Ball's last ever episode. I'm just really sad that Lee and Frank's last ever seen. Obviously, they didn't know this when they were writing it, but it was all shouter. And I always imagine that they'd sort of end up getting on. I think Sally Breton can do a shout. You know, you know when people all start shouting and then she just shouts over them? She does it all the time. She's very good at an up the stairs, kids, shout. 
But it happens all the time. Lee always writes her so that everyone will be arguing. All of a sudden she goes, oh, will you all just shut up? And like, yeah, throwing trouble at people and all sorts. But I think she's a very good actress in that she shouts a lot. Do you reckon she's got that on her CV? RP accent and shouting. Yeah. I've written down that it seems to be a lot less, like, obviously it's a sitcom and there's jokes in it, good jokes, but it seems to be focused a lot more on sort of the family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was good, and Lucy being on Instagram, excellent. And also, I, I'm going to get a bit... But um, the fact, like, because it was mainly about Lucy's family, but then they spoke about Lee's family at the end as well, and I'm always dead chuffed when they talk about Lee's family. I don't know why. But, yeah, I just think it, it has, like, a backstory, and it's all very excellent. So, yeah, I was very glad when his family came into it. And that is all I have to say on that episode. I was going to say, do you want to talk about mention Maddie? <laughs> Just have to sort of mention. So basically, Maddie Lucy Dan has filmed for her first ever TV appearance and it's for Sky One's Dating No Filter. And it was really odd because I saw like a couple of sort of, I don't know, like a few hours before she actually said what she was on. Joel Domit was on Loose Women talking about it and I was like oh I bet there'll be comedians on that and then he was like yes there, and he was like there are comedians on it and then like a couple of hours later Maddie said that um, she was going to be on it because she'd been sort of updating everyone on her first television appearance and that she was filming so yes and that is going out um, the Sky One thing is going out soon um, I think it's going out on the 25th so very excited. Have we missed out the most recent? Would I lie to you? Yes. Shall I briefly talk about this as well? So this was Sindhu V, Joel Domit, AJ Dudu and Alex Horn, all of whom I think are excellent. <laughs> I think the best thing in this, and you'll agree, was um, Lee doing an impression of David saying Victoria might have found out I bought the Maltesers. What? When did that occur? You even messaged me about it. Oh, I thought you meant I'd done an impression. No. Cindy said that she hides clothes in the washing machine and David said that he'd assumed it was um, food. Hiding food in the washing machine. Yes. And also, and then Rob said, what is it like? Toblerone behind the teller. And also AJ is excellent. And they spoke about Blackburn um, and... Lee, Lee and AJ discovered they were both from Blackburn and went completely off topic and it all got left in. And I think it was just ridiculous and funny that they went straight on to something else completely. Sticking with the Blackburn theme, I think my Lee Mac fact of the week, well, of the episode, shall be that um, <laughs> he grew up in a pub in Blackburn called The Centurion and it got burned down and then the, he went on a hunt for the sign. Uh, because it had sentimental value. I don't know if I've ever found it. Uh, if you're listening, Lee, <laughs> or if you're from Blackburn, get in touch. Hypothetical. You've not seen this, so I shall talk about it quickly before Only Connect starts. So, James's intro was not as chaotic as usual. The lineup was Jess, Nap- Jess Nappett, brilliant. Miles Jock, brilliant. Joe Wilkinson, brilliant. Harriet Kemsler, brilliant. Harriet and. Joe, their team name was a phone number and yeah it got a laugh every single time Josh had to say the team name because he read out the whole phone number and they said it was a someone they hate but it was actually an Ofcom number which is uh, numbers that are 
reserved for television. That happened in um, Bodyguard. Everyone's like, oh, like, because Richard Madden's phone, it came up a number, and they were like, oh, well, we've got, should we give Richard Madden a ring? Yeah. And then, well, not Richard Madden's number, and then think, oh, should we give him a ring? And then realise, and it wasn't him. That's like the time Lucy Beaumont accidentally left John Richardson's number on telly. Yeah. Everyone was ringing him saying, hello, John. <laughs> That's so brilliant. I've got it that I didn't know about that because I would have been first on it. Mm-hmm. Jess's character that she made up in the first round was very good. Harriet. <laughs> Harriet is always brilliant on anything, especially hypothetical, because she, everyone always has to explain to her that the situations are just hypothetical. But the round where they actually have to sort of, where they bid and play out a scenario, and the scenario was she was at the opticians and she had to keep travelling at at least like two miles an hour or something. So she was literally walking up and down and James was sort of, oh yeah, it was brilliant. I've written Harriet moving for that. I've got the same trainers as Harriet. I've written that down. <laughs> I've put miles with an exclamation mark. I think that means he was funny, probably. And he is. He's very funny. Harriet hid behind a suit of armour when she said that she was going to convince everyone that she was invisible. Miles said, oh, I've got a plan for how I'm going to be invisible. And Jess said, are you going to be a woman in a patriarchal society? And then James said, who said that? Terrible, but terrible funny. Um, oh, comedy. Oh, comedy. <laughs> exactly. Miles said that to convince everyone that he was like had superpowers, he was going to put one of his kids in Cairo and the other one in Debenhams. I genuinely thought it was someone's number that they did. I perhaps not. Um, but no, because it was a number, and then everyone was sort of playing along, like, oh, I've just realized whose number that is. <laughs> it was an Afcon number. And, but at the end, James started saying the number when he had to say the team and then he just went no jimmy cow's burner phone mm. um and also oh i've written the brett domino trio in the wrong place i was meant to write it in the cats down bit cats down cats down cats down i was stood outside the studios while they were filming this it was um lee matt Catherine ryan john john i was gonna say john wilkinson joe richards <laughs> done the same thing twice john richardson and joe wilkinson i was outside when they were filming this and I had such a remarkable conversation with a runner who was working on the show because they said to me Lee Max had a wagamamas and I said oh yeah he's vegetarian isn't he and they went I don't know and that was the end of that the intros felt long they were nearly 20 minutes but they're always that long but for some reason they felt long Lee um Lee got said he got the answer for the numbers round and they said slides the paper across and he said oh, it's all in my head, shall I slide my head across and slid his head across the desk? And also, you said that, you said the other week, like, do they dumb it down? Do they change the sort of, mm. yeah, do they change the letters and numbers around? And I think, like Jimmy Carr's accountant, they do change the numbers around a little bit. You've been waiting so long to say that. It's I must be more natural on this podcast. I was watching an episode of Cats Down the other day, an old one, and R- Rachel Riley was throwing some of the harder letters away which is really embarrassing for me because it's the only round I got an eight letter on, which was <laughs> matinees. I think I thought I'd got an eight and then I realised that there wasn't enough like T's or something. Only other thing I have to say on that is was I was saying, where is Joe Wilkinson? And then he's been on it two weeks in a row. I just want to say as well that I was in the audience for the news quiz, but I left accidentally halfway through and I audibly gasped because the two devices are separate. So I turned the screen off 
and not the microphone, and I audibly gasped. The line was Scott Bennett, Andrew Maxwell, Aisha Hazarika, and Kiri Pritchard McLean, which I didn't know at the time, but I'm very glad I got tickets for Kiri's episode. I did quite enjoy it. Aisha was funny and had some good points. I couldn't see Kiri or Scott, but they're very good, and I know that they're friends. Before we go, well, actually, I'm recording this multiple days after we recorded the rest of the podcast, but couple of bits of uh, comedy news uh, so there is a new BBC Two thing starting, I'm not sure when but I believe the tickets went out fairly recently, the applications for the tickets and I think it's sort of a celebration of comedy I'm not too sure and I think there's sort of a mix of established acts and new faces involved also the Rachel Paris thing that I was talking about, I think it was in the last episode, the thing that I was in the audience for has gone out so if you're interested in listening to that and you can do so, it is on BBC Sounds. I believe it's called Ostensibly Feminist. I could be pronouncing that wrong. Uh, what else have I got? News Jack, as I'm recording this bit, has already started. But there is a new series. It is a topical comedy radio sketch and one-liner show. It's very good listen and the public can write. The public can write for it and the public can get paid if you make the show. Very exciting. It is on BBC Radio 4 Extra at 10.30 on a Thursday. I think that's all I've got to say. Other than the issue that absolutely needs addressing, the new Halifax advert, which plays an Oasis song. And I'm fine with it. I like it. I like hearing a bit of Oasis on my telly if it's the advert. Fine. I don't know who's thought of it, though, because, you know, obviously nothing says rock and roll like a help to buy ISA. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I hope you're all well. Before we go, though, Catherine Parkinson, they have announced her play, her comedy drama, Sitting, has been announced for BBC4. I shall inform people as I know what is going on. Anyway, thank you all. I'm in a rush to watch Only Connect. I apologise. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Thank you very much for all the feedback. We do appreciate it very much. We are very grateful for your time.